I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. We all go through seasons of transitions. There are some transitions that we see coming and others that catch us off guard. But when we recognize them or anticipate them, we can navigate them well for ourselves and for our family. Today, I'm with my friends Elise Daly Parker and Alana Kuwabara to talk about how to successfully navigate the transitions of family life. Today, we are talking about transitions and I am sure like every other mom out there, we go through seasons where we finally feel like we have it figured out and then everything changes, whether it's a stage our kids go through or something that happens in school or times of year or activities our kids get involved in or a relocation, like everything that we thought that we could count on, everything we thought that we had had the hang of kind of what goes away, right? (laughs) And so I do believe that there are some transitions we can anticipate. And then there are some that just catch us off guard. And so today I thought we would talk about some of those transitions, some of the ones we've experienced, what we've learned from it so that we can help each other do a better job and maybe make it easier. Mm, Sounds good. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm ready for that. Let's talk first about why anticipating transition matters. Like just off the top of your head, some of the transitions that you have experienced and not anticipated. How has that worked? (laughs) Well, I'll speak to a transition that I still struggle with. And I I don't, I, I think I need flashing neon signs around my house or something. The transitions of seasons, like Even without children at home, September is just like so hard to get back into the rhythm of of the Mm. fall life, I feel. I feel the same way, frankly, about the Christmas season. It's it's a huge, you know, again, you add so much more to your life. So it's another transition out of sort of settling into the fall. And yeah, I just, I just feel like I forget. I don't know why, but I forget that these are seasons of transition and I always need to be mindful of them. So Mm -hmm. there's certainly been much bigger ones, which I figure we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you can anticipate, then you can prepare the best that you can. But, you know, part of the, the thing about transitions is that you're going into something new and it might be something familiar, but it's still going to be something new. Mm -hmm. So there's only so much preparing you can do for something you have. It's the land of the unknown. Yeah. So, but if you can, if you can do some sort of preparation and just even just being aware that you're in a transition, Mm -hmm. I find is so helpful because when you don't realize that you're in a transition, because they're usually uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you feel like, oh no, like this is terrible. I don't want to be in this place. And that place feels like permanent. But when you know it's a transition, you just go, okay, we're going to figure this out. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, it's not that I, at this point, I pretty quickly recognize it, but it's just like, oh, okay. 
this is like full speed ahead back into September. This is Christmas time. We've got more to do than usual. You know, this is the end of the the school year. Now we're going to transition into the summer and I'm going to get so much done, which is, you know, as a mom, I mean, it just, it's not very realistic that we think we're going to get more done when the kids are around. Uh, but I, I know- saw something once that said trying to clean your house when the kids are home is like brushing your teeth while you're eating an Oreo. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, just some, some, some thinking about it. You can't know, but you can at least think, okay, this is going to be a season of upheaval in some way. And I think mm-hmm. that's helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when my daughter transitioned from kindergarten to first grade, she went from half day school to full day school. And Mm -hmm. along with that was the elimination of mom goes on play dates. And so I found myself when my oldest was in first grade, very, very lonely because the Mm -hmm. year before it was like, we'd go to pick up, we'd go to the park, we'd make plans with friends. If, if, if Ava was invited over, I was invited over. And if I, you know, another child came over, typically that parent came over, right. Cause we were all very nervous. It was very exciting. And I was really lonely when Mm -hmm. my daughter was in first grade. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I have nothing to do. And so because I had two younger kids, I could anticipate that transition coming. I knew that, oh my gosh, things are going to change. If I want to maintain relationships, if I want to stop feeling lonely, then I need to be really proactive and connect with other moms. And that just that little, just understanding that transition from kindergarten to first also helped me when my daughter went from second to third, because you go into another school here in our town. and the parents don't have to go to the door to pick the kids up. They just open up the doors and let the kids out. We don't have buses in our town. So the kids just walk to wherever their moms meet them. So again, you guys anti-bus or we're, yeah, we're too small of a town. Tiny like, town. <laughs> you can get, you can get a bus if you're more than a mile away from a school and there's nobody in town that's more up than a mile away from one of the schools. Well, that's nice. Yeah. So yeah, there were no buses. They let the kids out to go wherever they they were going to meet their parents. And I knew having gone through what I went through earlier that like, I was no longer going to be chatting with moms on the playground at pickup. Like if mm-hmm. I, again, wanted to keep in touch with some of my friends and our kids were all going to this new school, we weren't going to see each other anymore. So if we wanted to see each other, I had to, had to make a real big effort. And I'm so glad because I would have spent another year crying and feeling lonely and rejected. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I think that's a tough transition in general when our kids are no longer, we're not part of their, you know, pre-K stuff where you yeah. like drop them off for an hour and a half. <laughs> so you mm-hmm. might as well have coffee with a friend or whatever, or just, I remember having older kids go to school and then the younger ones, I would have play dates with the younger ones and their moms, you know? Mm-hmm. So that that's a big transition in terms of our social life, I think. Mm-hmm. Really, big. you have to really learn to be intentional about getting together with your people. And it's a shift, too, because not everybody that you conveniently hung and hung around with are you going to choose to hang around with. So there's yes. that transition, too. Yeah. 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 What about you guys? Give me an example of the transition. Well, I'll tell you, uh, when my daughter was preparing to go to college, 
my oldest. Well, my my stepdaughter had already gone, and now it was my firstborn. And I pretty much cried for a year. No. Oh, I did. I really did. I we I was in moms in prayer groups, and I would literally once a week we'd get together and pray for our kids, many of whom were going to college. And I just couldn't imagine my life, my home without my daughter Farrell in it. So I didn't do that transition well. I mean, I I feel like that's one of the ones, Alana, where you can't really know what it's going to be mm-hmm. like to have that first child leave your home. You know, the one that you've raised. Lauren did leave our home too, my stepdaughter, but she had not been with us the whole time. So I one of the, I, I didn't I I grieved a lot, and I did have somebody to help me walk through the grief, and I also had. I, my, my, my next daughter was like, at one point she said to me, well, you know, we're going to be here. We're still going to be here. And <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah. And it was like, that really, that was a good thing for her to tell me and remind me mm. because I really needed to get over it. But I had to also realize what I realized was I knew that it was just the beginning and that in another two years, the next one would go. And soon enough after that, they would all be going. That's. This is right, horrifying. Right, Kimberly, you're right in the middle yeah, of this. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's I, I think you bring up a really sorry. I think you bring up a really good point, Elise, which is that there is a mourning that happens in, in transition seasons or anytime you lose mm-hmm. something. I think we we think of mourning and grieving a lot of us when someone dies, but right. it, it can happen and it does happen when you lose anything in any way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's another like anticipatory thing. Like if you can anticipate, I'm going into a transition season, I'm going to be mourning yeah. whatever I'm leaving behind in this, in this transition. And I need to have grace for myself for that and make room for that and not be surprised or ashamed that, mm-hmm. you know, that's good, you know, cause yeah. That's just, that's just part of transitions. When I got married, I'll give an example. That's not about kids. So when I got married, I actually moved to Canada. Mm. So I went through quite a few transitions all at once, which they say is not smart. Um, (laughs) However, together, check, 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 (laughs) moving, marry. (laughs) We got two dogs almost immediately. That's another no-no. Yeah. So we had one car. My husband was work. He worked a lot. I was home by myself. And so, but the big thing for me when I got married was (laughs) that nobody told me. I found this out years later is that marriage doesn't fix your problems. It amplifies your problems. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why didn't anybody tell me that we did premarital counseling? And motherhood will do the same, right? Like a lot of us think, oh, when we have kids, when we, you know, we finally get to be home with the babies, everything will be different. I mean, no, honestly, you come to face to face with yourself in a whole new way. You do. Yeah. You do. I think that's a really good point, Alana, in terms of the, those huge transitions. And mm-hmm. Kimberly, she was mentioned. So if you talk about the transition to being married, 
I, I don't know anybody who didn't have a rough time of that first year. It was kind of like, oh, wait a minute. This is what this looks like. I, I can tell you, I, I, I actually talk about it. I, I've recently, I, I talk about it at MOPS because it was such a shocker for me. And then <laughs> the changes that the kids bring, it's like, mm-hmm. they're, those are big transitions. And I think if we do extend grace to ourselves, it's really important. And it's also important to recognize you've got these tremendous gains, but actually grief and joy coexist in, in mm-hmm. especially yeah. the kind of grief we're talking about. Like mm-hmm. they really do. I can be yeah. really excited about being married and at the same time be kind of like, well, I've lost certain connections with people or my identity as, you know, whatever, a, a sister in a certain way, a daughter in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I have a great counselor and she has said to me recently, grief is part of every day, like little griefs. You know how we talk mm-hmm. about trauma, little trauma now, big grief, little grief. There's a lot of little losses as we mm-hmm. go through. So accepting that as a part of life, I think is really. Yeah. So see, my problem was, I had a couple of, I had people, not just a couple, but I had people around me whose first year of marriage was bliss. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, how, like <laughs> what's wrong hey, with that? <laughs> like, how are you guys doing? It's like, not great, right? So, yeah. And like, no, I love it. It's so this and this oh, and this. Oh. And so I, I really felt like out to sea. And, now, you know, now as I'm older, I have, you know, maybe a wider range of of friends who've had various different experiences. Apparently that first year is usually like a real high or a real low. And, you know, if you can get through that first year and then for the ones that are the real highs, you know, understanding that that does come down at some point, doesn't just stay there, but yeah, that, that's why, you know, a conversation like this is so great because there's different perspectives yeah. and to know that is really, that's just really helpful just to yeah. know that, you know, it the way and not in a comparison way, no, um, no, no, but just in a way of like, Hey, everybody's a little bit different, but we also have a lot of things that are the same too. We can help each other through these transitions. I, I think that is, I, I hope that that's the gold that we can somehow bring, you know, that we mm-hmm. have different experiences and different voices, because I think that's one of the most difficult things about being human, <laughs> but I think particularly wives and, and, and spouses and what does marriage look like? What does parenting look like? I think those two areas are idealized and there's, mm-hmm. and then there's real life and that's, the way it is. And we think that there is often something wrong with us. Like she's looking like it's, it's great over there. You know, they're having sex every night of the week, you know, all those kinds of things that we think are mm-hmm. happening in other people's lives. And it does us no good <laughs> no. to, to, to think that it, we're supposed to be like somebody else. You know, we, mm-hmm. we got to figure it out for ourselves and, and it's okay. Yeah. So Lana, what was your big takeaway from that season? Oh my gosh. You know, I mean, you already told us what you wish you had known. (laughs) Yeah. I wish I would have known that, um, you know, that it was such a huge transition that it's not just like, let's just take dating and make it permanent. Like, (laughs) no, it's, it's, it's a totally different animal. 
But I think, I think that from navigating that, first of all, when you're in a land of, of unknown, you have to trust God. Like you, you can't try to fake it till you make it. You really have to do a lot of praying. For me, there was a lot of crying. I'm not airing any dirty laundry by saying this. This is part of our testimony as a couple. Mm. But, you know, you, you, you really have to rely on God, but you also learn that you can be resilient and that you, that these, you know, this too shall pass and all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. Mm -hmm. So there's a resilience. I think that, that you learn when you come to the other side of these difficult, whatever kind of difficult season, but also through a transition it's, but honestly, it took me a really long time to learn the lessons of the lesson of transitions and of like recognizing that, Hey, hello. Like you said, neon sign, like transitions coming, get prepared. You're not like falling into a dark hole. Mm -hmm. You're like passing through a tunnel and it's dark, but it might be dark or might not be, but you know, you're passing through something and you know, you're going to come out better on the other side and you're, you know, you're going to build experience. So in the next transition, you know, you're not starting from zero. You're starting from a place mm-hmm. of experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Yeah. So can you guys think of a transition that you were prepared for and that you were able to handle? Well, I, yeah, I do. I have a recent example and feeling pretty good about it. So hopefully, <laughs> knock on wood, still... But so we recently moved to Florida and when we got here, we were living on the beach. And so where we're at, there's like a little island. It's not, you know, like a tropical kind of, you know, it's not Hawaii, but it's still Florida. Island. <laughs> <laughs> but so we were living like I could see the ocean from balcony it was like an airbnb it was too small there were a lot of things that were not comfortable or or good about it and it wasn't permanent we knew it wasn't permanent so we found a great apartment that is like everything we could ever want and but i knew before we left the beach i was like we're leaving the beach everyone (laughs) like we need to be prepared for this and you know, we, you know, we believe that with God, you know, he's, he's always taking us to something that's better or richer or more, or, you know, these, and we sing these songs, but I had a hard time (laughs) figuring out how leaving the beach was somehow going to be better, like not possible. (laughs) (laughs) But I had a moment where I was like sitting on the, the, balcony looking at the ocean and going do I believe this stuff or not and I have to believe that God is good and we have to constantly come back to that but you know I have to believe God is good and leaving the beach is somehow going to be good it's somehow still going to be good and so I just kind of started getting mentally prepared for that like I knew I just had a sense that we're going into a season of work which is good. Work is good. Mm -hmm. We're going into a season of 
settling in rather than a season of vacation and just like, you know, do whatever you want, whenever you want to. And so I was mentally prepared for that, but I also was aware of, okay, so we're going to need to keep the vibes going. So we're going to have to be intentional about going to the pool or just get in the car and drive to the beach. We can't see the beach, but we can still drive to the beach. And so I feel like we've navigated that really well. And I also was aware that there was going to be some mourning and there was, and I was like, this stinks because there's no place for me to like, there's just not a good spot for me to go outside and have my coffee with my journal and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) commune with God and nature. We have like a little back porch, but it's right at the stop sign road in the apartment complex (laughs) just like the worst it's not you're on display so you know but um to know that you're going to be navigating that makes all the difference yeah you know I've had experiences where and and I know that you have as well where you know tragedy strikes and you're not you weren't prepared for that and it's kind of like you're trying to like get back up so I was prepared for that and I was prepared to go into a season where I'm working full-time I'm homeschooling the kids what do we need around us how do we need to what do we have to do to make this work and be enjoyable I want my home to be peaceful so all of these things I was able to kind of get ahead of them and not to say Mm -hmm. that there haven't been times where I was like when's this season over let's transition (laughs) to the next one we're good what it done yeah we've experienced it thanks lord we're ready but you know yeah it's I think I'm finally (laughs) not just learning the lessons but like applying the lessons Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and I think that's you know again Sometimes we do and sometimes we don't, meaning mm. sometimes we apply the lesson and sometimes we don't. Yeah. Um, really, I, you want me to talk about, I was, I, I did do one transition well. <laughs> okay, so let's talk but, about it. But it took me, um, it took me transitioning mm. um, and shifting my mind when we were moving out of our home where we had raised our kids and been there for 26 mm-hmm. years. And I'd lived mm-hmm. in the town since 1968, which gives you a little view into my age. Um I just, I, I really was sad and upset about it. And I couldn't quite get to the looking forward to it part. I, I had a kind of bad attitude. I'd go see these houses and I'd be like, they're like dirty and they're old and our house looks so nice. I remember it's been staged. <laughs> it's been staged for selling. So of course it was like pristine. And then all the, honestly, this is what happened. My window was open and there was a breeze coming through and my curtains were fluttering. And I really felt the Lord say, I am opening a window to a new life for you. Mm -hmm. And I really received it. And my husband, and and I started to think, okay, Chris and I have an opportunity to go forward. My husband and I, our kids are not moving with us. We get to choose a house for us. We have like freedom that we haven't really ever had. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be fun. We can either go through it as like adversaries, cranky about all the boxes and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. or we can go through it as a team. So at that moment, I really was able to shift and it's, it's been great. 
It's been really <laughs> great. And Chris and I created a teamwork like we hadn't have maybe ever. It was really, it was really a wonderful, it was a wonderful transition. So that's my Yeah, opinion. I like that you're talking about teamwork because if we can anticipate transition, then we can help our families, especially our t- children anticipate transition. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, I have been known to kind of get caught up in my own self and my own feelings and not realize that others are impacted by the transition that we're going through. You know, I think you mentioned about your daughter, my oldest is now at college. And I, I knew that it was going to be a different season for me, but I had no idea how it would impact my other children. I had no idea how it would impact us mm-hmm. corporately. And that's mm-hmm. been my biggest struggle. I was prepared for me and I mm-hmm. worked through that and I had processed that, that by the time she went, I was so excited for her, but then to see sort of what was left and how it impacted everybody, I wasn't ready for. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I have had to make sure I'm checking in with my kids. How are you guys doing? Like, and, and, and figuring out how we function as a family without yeah. her. Yeah. Like for weeks, yeah. it felt just not right. <laughs> It felt yeah. like we didn't want to do anything too fun because Ava was not here with us. She would oh. wait till she comes home. And so figuring out how we were going to function as a family, I didn't anticipate that we'd need to do. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's, yeah. that's a- This is so, I'm very upset now. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, my daughter's 10. We're talking already, about all the sad things. <laughs> I already rely on her like yeah. for so many things. And I'm just like, not just because I you know rely on yeah. her, but- Wow. Yeah, you're right. That's awful. You enjoy her. She's not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. That's the way I felt about my daughter. Yeah. 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 I'm allowed to leave. Yeah. yeah. But at least you know how I like to like schedule, schedule. I, you know, I have fits and spurts where I'm really good at time blocking. But for the most part, I try to stick to it and really anticipate things on my schedule. We have family meetings. And I would say that the biggest transitions that I've been that I've, I've because they are secular and they happen have mm-hmm. happen often is mm-hmm. like a sports season or yeah. a change in our schedule. Yeah. So, um, you know, like this year I have two kids in high school sports and one who's not here. So the two that are in high school sports, I, I'm, I literally was going from having them home all day to them being at school, like having an empty house till six o'clock every day, which has yeah. been brand new. So yeah. I was really conscious about how do I fill my time so mm-hmm. that I don't like at three o'clock start walking around the house and then roaming around the house for two or three hours until they come home. You know what I mean? Like not really getting anything done. So how will I use that time? And then the reverse of that is as well. In the past, when we've gone into sports season, like our big season is spring. So, you know, I have kids that do soccer and lacrosse and knowing that our schedules would be insane, making sure that I start to block out that time, like anticipate what is the next two months going to look like? Not, you know, all the time, but knowing that, okay, three nights a week, I'm out of the house. How does that impact my meal plan? Maybe which three nights a week, we have the slow cooker or it's, you know, one night, you know, we have soups or we have sandwiches. Like what, how can I be aware of what my schedule and my time, what I really have to work with, with my time. Mm -hmm. And so I learned the hard way in the beginning years that these seasons, these sports seasons for us are, are huge. They change the way we interact as a family. And if we're not ready for it, we spend the first three weeks or four weeks of the season wasting time, putzing around when we can really transition well and say, how are we going to use this time? Like for me, when my son's at wrestling, 
on a Friday night. Okay. I'm going to do, that's when I'm going to do my grocery list and I'm going to place an order, you know, for my, with the shopping, you know, with the grocery store, like mm-hmm. how can I use that time yeah. well and work it in with my kid's schedule? Rather than just like looking at your phone and catching up on whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's wise. But I do, th- I think what you're saying too, is another reminder it isn't just that those seasons would change, you know, the, the fall, especially with kids, the fall, mm-hmm. it is that all their activities change. And so mm-hmm. something that you were maybe used to last year, absolutely can change dramatically the mm-hmm. next season. I mean, I think one of the, the biggest things about raising a family is it's very unpredictable until it isn't, you know, and then, mm-hmm. then, okay, then you know what you're dealing with. And as I think as much as possible, if you can, remember that plan on that, but there's a lot of change in raising a family, mm-hmm. constant change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. one of the things that I, as my, some of my friends, you know, started having kids. And so we're in these group chats and they're like, this is happening, you know, with the baby and is this okay? And I'm just like, just stop. Like, as soon as you get them on a good sleep schedule, yeah. they start to grow a tooth or <laughs> whatever. And it's like all of a sudden, or you don't even know why. And mm-hmm. we get this idea in our heads because, you know, not to like poo poo on marketing and all that advertising, all that kind of stuff. And people have to make a living, but it's like you, people are trying to sell you like, this is what it looks like. And it might look like that. And then all of a sudden it changes and you have to be ready. You have to be aware that it is going to change and it's going to be different. And don't be like knocked off your horse because, you know, your kid was sleeping so great. Now all of a sudden they won't sleep or they were eating broccoli and now they won't look at it. You know, it's just, it changes. And there's all, there are all these little transitions that you just have to know that they're coming. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, flexibility is a really important <laughs> trait a great word. in motherhood. And, and mm-hmm. honestly, I wasn't always, I was kind of like, well, wait a minute. I was, I just got up to speed on that one. So I was not always, it was not always easy for me. I'm going to, I'm going to just say that it was not, these transitions were, I, I felt often like I had to catch up with them. And so I think, you know, one of the things I would change is really working on more flexibility, more recognition that this is just going to happen. This is it. And what you were saying about marketing, Mm -hmm. I think about that as social media and TV shows we watch and all that kind of stuff that influences what we think this is going to be. And it just isn't. We all have our own journey and our own road. And, you know, if we can just keep that in mind and just be like, okay, I have to figure out what works for my family in this season of maybe two months, whatever it is. It can be a very short season and just not be looking to the right and the left and make it work. Like you just said, Kimberly, you know, some of these meal things are like sandwiches and soup, not a three course meal every night. (laughs) And if I don't do the three course meal, then there's something wrong with me. I'm not, I'm not up to snuff here. So I think it's really important to let ourselves off the hook and make it for us. Yeah, for sure. No, no perfect way. Yeah. All right, ladies, any last thoughts on transitions? Besides grace, grace, and flexibility. Grace, grace, and more grace. Grace, (laughs) grace, grace. Acceptance of unpredictability. 
Yeah. And I, and I think one thing that I, Alana, you did touch on, like your friends texting one another. I think we need to make sure we're talking to one another about these yeah. transitions. Even Elise, you said not not make the assumption that people are living this amazing, great life. And, and, and they could be, but like not assuming, well, not not needing to have it all figured out, but being willing to ask other people, hey, what have yeah. you experienced in this? Yeah. And how are you navigating this? And hey, I'm struggling here. Or hey, like I'm excited about this season. What do I need to know? You don't have to be struggling, you know. Mm-hmm. In, in anticipation of a season, you can be very excited about a season, but there's still probably stuff you need to know about it. So what do I need to know about it? What happened when you went through this? I think mm-hmm. community is always going to be important, but especially in something like this, we shouldn't be ashamed to talk to people. We shouldn't so be great. ashamed to reach out to our friends and ask questions and say, you know, Hey, here's, here's how I made it through, or here's what I got wrong. And here's where I got it right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one last thought I would have quickly is that we should take a moment to celebrate those transitions if we can, you know, like, and mark them and have a way of bringing some joy into something that might not necessarily be the most pleasant thing in the world or we're changing, you know, how we're doing things. But like, even just for me, something as simple as when the seasons change, like I'm going to get a fall candle and I'm not like, I like signs all over my house. I'm not like, you know, super (laughs) Susie homemaker, but this is one thing I do to get a new candle and all the like bathroom sprays. I usually get like a fall scent or a Christmas scent and you start to just kind of let's celebrate this, this transition of the season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that I love that a lot. I think that is gold. I actually have a window in my house that um, I do decorate seasonally. I, I think it's like some kind of teacher thing in me. I want to have like a bulletin board, but um, I'm looking at it right now. It still says hello summer. <laughs> I have a transition. transition. <laughs> but see, but see in the past I would have been like, oh. but right now I'm like, mm. it's been a busy season. I'll get to it this weekend. It's okay. <laughs> Only October again, in New Jersey. <laughs> I love, I love the, I love the idea of celebrating it. I think because it's, it's again, that both end. it really is, there are things to celebrate in every season, just as there are things to grieve and that's okay. You know, balance, yeah. but I, I love it. the candle. We, I tend to do a, a scented soap, like grapefruit mm. and in the a citrusy kind of things. And then in the winter, mm-hmm. warmer. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Right, right now it's vanilla. I love that. Yeah. You know what I like about what you guys are saying is like this idea of a ritual to welcome yeah. in that season, like yeah, an actual great. physical word. Mm-hmm. thing that you do. And I like, even I think about sports season, what does that mean for us? That means that the last semester sports or whatever goes downstairs in the basement and we bring up the bag that you need for lacrosse and the sticks. Mm-hmm. And we need to change the mudroom around a bit, like just anticipating yeah. those changes and making making it easier on everybody to adjust. I think yes. it's part oh, of the lovely mundane, right? Yeah. That switching mm-hmm. out and that ritual of things are going to be different for the next couple months, you know, and then we're going to go back and then I'm going to have a spotless mudroom for about two months. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next sport is going to be here now. But yeah, I think that, I think that's important. The celebration, yeah. the ushering in of that transition, even marking it, I think helps us prepare for it yeah. better, anticipate like it. it better, and grieve yeah. the previous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, ladies, for discussing this today. I hope this has been helpful. Um, I know it has been for me. 
Yeah, me too. (laughs) If you want to dig deeper into what we've talked about on the podcast each week, check out the Build Your Best Family Facebook group. It's where we hang out with some fabulous women to practice what we've learned. There's also encouragement, group coaching, and incredible resources there too. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose.